0: Welcome, welcome, welcome back to When Cancer Hits Home. I am your host, Tanya Sherell, and thank you so much for listening. I am amazed. Let me start by saying I am uh, totally amazed at the amount of listeners that have tuned into this podcast, and this is only my third one. I promise to be more consistent moving forward, there was just a lot going on, and You'll hear about that a little bit shortly. I just want to welcome you and thank you for listening. Sometimes when you work on projects like this, you don't know about the target audience. You don't know if what it is that you have to say is as important to someone else as it is for you. But just based on the analytics of the podcast, I mean, it's growing exponentially and I'm just amazed and I just thank you for tuning in and I hope that you are and that you will get something from this podcast I have so much to offer going forward, but it just took a minute to kind of get it all together and then dealing with my recent journey. If you don't know about my journey, if you don't know how and why I started this podcast, I suggest that you go back to the first two episodes and take a listen. This particular episode will give an update to um, what it was that I was going, to as, going through as it related with to cancer. And I just wanted to give an update. My last podcast was recorded on July the 10th. And it was in that podcast that I shared that I had recently found a lump in my breast. And I went to my primary care physician who sent me for tests. They sent me to a breast surgeon and it just went on and on and on and on. And it literally took, oh, let's see. The podcast was done on July the 10th or so it was a couple of days prior to that when it all took place I did not get the answer to what was actually going on with me um, until August about August the 17th so imagine that Um, uh, like five weeks that it took for me to get um, the answer that There wasn't anything that was of immediate concern regarding the lump that I had in my breast. However, I am scheduled for um, additional testing in the next six months just to be on the safe side. So the irony of um, working on this podcast while going through that myself was just absolutely crazy. And so just knowing, I think that that was a test for me to ensure that I was ready to take on such a project as, uh, as this. So if you haven't listened to a previous podcast, you know that you don't know that the way that I came to doing this podcast was because my grandfather, my mother, and then my grandmother were all diagnosed with um, different forms of cancer within a 24 month period. And I served and still serve as a caregiver for my grandmother, but I also served as a caregiver for my grandfather who had brain cancer. And so I started this project to help other families deal with um, when cancer hits home. The reality, um, the statistics indicate that one in three people will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime, which ultimately means that at some point in some way or form, we'll all be dealing with cancer as it relates to us or someone that we love and just having an outlet where we're able to share our stories and share um, some advice, some tips and some tools just to make that process a little easier is why I created this podcast. And so the journey over the last couple of months has been a rough one for me. And one of the things I wanted to discuss in this particular podcast is the fact that when I discovered this lump in my breast and went through the whole um, mammogram, I just had a mammogram three months prior, went had another mammogram and then an ultrasound with the ultrasound results saying that it was highly suspicious of cancer. I was just devastated but more so to that is the realization that even as a caregiver or someone on the outside of um, not actually having cancer myself, was that experience taught me how it feels to wait, that waiting process of not knowing and trying to keep your mind focused and not go off on the ledge and... Fall in the deep black hole of worrying and being concerned, and life doesn't stop in that process. Life does not stop in the process of going through those tasks. It didn't stop for me. Life never stopped. you know, I had to continue my responsibilities, I had to continue working on the things that I was working on. I had to continue to be the caregiver for my grandmother and the grandmother to my granddaughter and the mother to my, the grown children, but they're still my children. And so you still have to be everything that you are in the midst of dealing with the scare of your life, basically. And so for me, one thing that I've realized about my own personality is that during that test of time, during that um, it's almost like they say if you get hit by a car or something happens to you you get this adrenaline rush that pushes you forward and so often when we are met with a crises we the adrenaline kicks in and so we build off of that adrenaline we keep going as a result of that adrenaline rush but once it all comes to a head and it all Everything, you know, kind of you hit the crash and burn. And I think that's what happened to me over the past few weeks is that, you know, in the midst of going through all this, we were in the midst of planning a birthday party for my grandmother and there was just so much going on. And then we had an out of town trip. And so in the middle of me wondering if I had cancer and if I was going to need chemo and all these different treatments and how far along was it and what and you know all those things that you have to process mentally and I don't care how positive of a person you are you are met with those questions you are met with those questions of what if what does this look like for me what happens to all the things around me that I'm responsible for should i have to be in this fight for my life. And so it kind of just changes your whole thought process. And so for me, you know, while I'm pushing through a crisis and 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 I've noticed this before and I kind of talked about it in another podcast when I talked about my grandfather and how i literally stayed up for like 9 months or so, a little over 9 months with getting probably one and a half, two Maybe on a good night, three and a half hours of sleep because he was awake during the middle of the night and he needed assistance going to the restroom and all of this stuff. And I was responsible for that. And during that process, I made it through. And once again, we get back to that adrenaline. That adrenaline will keep you going. When my grandfather passed, I was sick for a whole month. I had an upper respiratory infection, ear infections. It was just so much going on with me because I hit that crash and burn. And so I think about all the people, you know, they say one in three people, one in three people are diagnosed with cancer. So you think about all the people that are in the waiting game and it's no game, but are waiting for those results and all the things that go through their mind and all the heaviness of that whole testing process while you're still trying to maintain and Do live your day-to-day activities and it's it's a lot. It's absolutely a lot and a lot of times people don't discuss that people don't want to Have a lot of discussion about that and I found for me I talked about before that there's different levels Everybody has a different personality. And so when a person is diagnosed with cancer, you have to treat that person, be supportive to that person based on that person's personality. Some people are very needy and they need you to be there. They need to talk about it and they need to have that reassurance from their family members and friends that everything is going to be okay. Other people are private and they don't want to talk about it. They want to know that they, that you're there if they need you. They want to know that you have their that you're their, you're supportive for them, but they don't want to sit around and talk about it. They don't want to have those conversations and they don't want you to be overly aggressive with your um affection during that time. And it was kind of funny because I talked about that um, previously and then I realized during my um, few weeks of wondering if or if not that I was more of the I won't say necessarily private um, person because I shared it of course with my family members I shared it through a podcast you know for the world to be privy to what I was going through but at the same time, I needed my personal space to process what was happening to me. So when it was time to go for testing and time to go to the doctor, while my mom and my daughters offered to accompany me to those appointments, I needed to do that alone. I needed to process that alone. I needed to be alone when I got the results of that testing to process it with me first. So I needed to be able to process the information with myself and then distribute it accordingly. And so luckily after, you know, that five weeks of waiting with everybody um, up in arms, so to speak, and I, once again, I talked about in a previous podcast that after having three people in my family diagnosed with cancer in a 24 month period, Every sickness, sniffle, mole, every um, questionable condition is an alarming, a state of alarm for not just me, but um, my family members as well. And so whenever, you know, something's going on, I can remember telling uh, my grandmother because I just couldn't hide it from her I had to go for these tests, and you know I had to rearrange some things in order to do that and I remember telling her and I I'm sh- absolutely sure that my grandmother is the strongest person that I have ever met in my entire life I've seen her cry twice in my life and even when my grandfather passed you know she just maintains her composure and when I told her, she just let, let out this huge sigh. I mean, just this, you know, and I felt bad about telling her, but I knew that, that I had to tell her because we have this, this agreement that we won't keep, um, I have this agreement, should I say, that I won't keep things away from her that are going on within the family. She'd rather know. And so, you know, We didn't talk much about it outside of when's your next appointment, what happened at this appointment. You know, the communication was there as far as the progression of these tests and, you know, what, where we were in the waiting process, but we never talked about anything outside of that. We never talked about the what ifs or how we felt or any of that. And so you just go through this process. And so I found out what type of person I am. I need to process the information first. I need to be able to disseminate that information and then create the boundaries of how I want people to react or be there Um, after, you know, after that. So luckily for me that, um, you know, they there's still some because of the denseness of my brass, because of the calcifications in the breast, you know, I'm still basically high risk for developing breast cancer at some point. However, as of right now, I have the all clear. And I think about the numerous number of people that don't get that all clear. The numerous amount of people okay well I had to take a brief little break right there I promised some humor um, as it relates to recording this podcast and just so that you all know that little thump that you heard was I literally dropped the mic you know, drop the mic signifies goodness, you know, hey, drop the mic. I've said all I had to say. I dropped the mic. That wasn't the case here. I literally dropped the mic. However, I am back and ready to finish this out right quickly. And I was talking about, you know, how people are, their personalities. And so if you if you are a person that is in that waiting period, if you're the person that's waiting for test results or if you know of a family member, friend or loved one who's waiting for test results deal with them according to their personality. If they have the personality that you can sit down and communicate with them, and say, hey, I know this is tough for you. I understand what you're going through. How can I be of assistance? I can be there for you as much or as little as you like. And let them create that boundary for you. Let them create what it is that they need from you. And some people may not have that self-assessment enough to be able to convey the messaging to you. And if they don't have that, um, if they don't know exactly where they stand at, as it relates, no, take in the fact that they're going through a lot. It's a lot to deal with. So be cognizant of that fact that they are, it's, it's, it's a real tough process. So if they don't know or they don't know how to communicate what it is that they need from you, just pay attention, pay attention, but whatever you do. Whatever it is that you do, don't, um, don't just leave them there. Don't leave them in the wilderness to fight this alone. We have to group together as families, as communities. We have to, to band together and fight this cancer. Um, it's destroying, not just destroying lives. It's destroying families. It's destroying communities. It's destroying so much. And when cancer hits home um, if I had ten million dollars i'd i'd give it away I'd literally give it away to families that are fighting cancer and dealing with all the elements that cancer um brings along with it the residual effects the you know the sorrow, the emotional um, roller coaster rides it's awful but When cancer hits home, I'll do everything in my power to help take the pain that I've experienced um, dealing with cancer in my family and so many cancer scares, even outside of the cancer diagnosis. I'll take that pain and turn it into as much purpose as I can um, to help those that I can and like I said, I'll be more consistent with the podcast. I've got some great celebrities lined up that are going to tell us about their journey and how cancer affects them the same way it affects us. So just stay tuned, um, share this podcast with others. And this podcast is brought to you by FamiliesFightingCancer.info, which is the um, umbrella company basically for all of these um Cancer projects and also my support box, which is another entity. Which um, actually, my support box is a box of support for those loved ones that you know that are dealing with cancer. It's a monthly subscription box, and you can check out more about my support box at mysupportbox.org. But until the next time, remember. When cancer hits home, we have to get together and fight together. Thank you for tuning in. This is Tanya Shirell with your episode, episode number three of When Cancer Hits Home. Talk with you soon.